Yo, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode four of the Get the Shot podcast. My name is Billy Quatch, and I am a creative director based in Kansas City at Let It Fly Media. This podcast is aimed at all you young creatives trying to get your shot at working in the sports creative industry. Today, we have a very special guest from Clemson University, or is it University of Clemson? I'm not really sure, but we got Tyson Hutchins, Senior Director, Creative Solutions at Clemson Football. This man almost became a lawyer, but before graduating, he got the opportunity to be an intern for the social team at BYU, and that changed his career path from creating laws to creating content. I don't even know if that makes sense. I guess lawyers don't make laws, but it doesn't matter. We got him on the podcast today answering questions from you, the audience. Thank you so much for the call-ins. Let's get this episode rocking. Let's go. Let's run it. All right. Yo, what's going on, Tyson? How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Excited to be here. Pumped yeah. about this. I Thank was, you so uh, much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I listened to the podcast this morning with one of my good friends, Alex Farkas, uh, when, uh, during my workout. And so when I heard it, I was like, oh, man, I'm excited. Made me really excited to be on. So I appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just a little bit more about the podcast so everybody else understands. Um, I created this podcast called Get the Shot in order to help other creatives get their shot at working in sports. Um, you know, I get a lot of DMs all the time in my inbox on social just asking kind of the same questions over and over. You know, how do I work in the NFL? How do I, you know, be better shooter on the football field? How do I, you know, get to do what you do? And I've always tried to respond to everyone that asks me questions. Um, so this podcast idea kind of came um, when I was just trying to think of what's a more efficient way to get those same answers to more people. So um, I created this podcast to let other creatives call in and talk to us and ask us questions. And then we could respond in real time and get a little bit back and forth. And then other people that listen can get you know the same value from um, those same questions that they might have. So I'm super excited for this. I'm super excited to get started. Um, first off, just for those that don't know, um, kind of tell us what you're doing currently, where you're at, and kind of a little background on how you got to where you're at now. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so currently, obviously, my name's Tyson Hutchins. I'm the Senior Director of Creative Solutions um, at Clemson Athletics. Um, what that means is I primarily oversee uh, the content that comes out on the Clemson football social media accounts, as well as on the Clemson Tiger accounts, and then our department assists with with all of the content from baseball to softball to volleyball and everything in between recruiting whatever whatever needs a creative solution that's why our department exists and so um it's currently where i'm at here in clemson south carolina um prior to being at clemson i worked at byu for a few years in provo utah great experience i'm a i'm a graduate of of byu and and i i owe a lot of people there a lot of a lot of credit for who I am today and, and the creator I am today. I was a student at BYU and and I was actually going to law school. I had I had taken the LSAT. I was like ready to rock. And then like in my last year of school, I got an internship in the athletic department. And to be honest, I just never knew that this was really like a career path. And I had some great some great mentors there, David Almodova and Stuart Call, who really like. Uh, 
helped me out and and showed me what the uh, what the opportunities were and and I had a great experience there. And then after I was a student, I was able to become full time at BYU and and really was able to do some things that I was proud of uh, until um, I was able to to get this opportunity that that I was hard pressed to pass up despite my love for for BYU. Um, to to come to Clemson and look for work for one of the premier creative departments as well as football programs in the country and so uh, that's it in a nutshell I, I I feel like I covered a, a fair amount there but but hopefully it made sense yeah I, you know I found out about you at BYU and I did not know that you were in law school or about to be a lawyer and all that so yeah I, I want to talk more about that um, did you just go to college knowing that you're going to be a lawyer, like how you always wanted to be a lawyer and then you just kind of fell into content creating or did you have a little bit of video, you know, videography skills during, you know, your come up? Like how did, how did video get into your life? Absolutely. It's a, it's a great question. Uh, it's actually one of my, one of my favorite things to talk about because people are always like, were you a film major? What, what, what did you go into? Um, and I wasn't, I was a, I was a sociology major at BYU. I was planning on going to graduate school all along, um, either to get an MBA or, or get a law degree. And so, um, really what happened was, um, I, that was the plan all along. And then I saw this internship opportunity that came up in the athletic department and the social media department. I was like, Oh, that's a, that's interesting. I actually saw it on Twitter and I was like, I like social media. I think that would be, be a fun thing to do. And so, um, I applied and was able to get the internship as a student. And to start out, I I, uh, I, I managed the accounts for the men's and women's volleyball uh, programs at, at BYU and really very little video experience. Um, at the time, Instagram had like just added video. It's really dating myself here, but Instagram had just added video. Um, they're... they're it was kind of this new thing on the scene, like video on social media and Facebook and Twitter were really promoting video on their platforms. They really wanted a piece of that. And, and so as I was a student, I was like, Oh, I think I, I think I could learn. I think I could learn the video stuff. Like I would see things. Honestly, I, I, I remember some of the first videos I saw was from Clemson, oddly enough of me being like, Oh, that's really cool. How they go about covering their, their teams and showcasing them in that way. And then, you know, like, like most people, good old YouTube university and trying to figure out, figure things out along the way. And then, uh, I was really lucky enough that, that when it came time to graduate, my boss, uh, said to me, Hey, you know, we, we have a a full-time position that's going to come open. I know you're planning on law school, but is this something you would consider? And, and we took a, me and my wife took a long, hard look at it and said, you know, I think so. Like, I, I, I think this is something that, that I'd love to do. And so feel super grateful for that. Um, just that kind of a wild windy path, but one that, that I'm very grateful. I can't imagine being a lawyer now. It's crazy to think about. <laughs> I, I can't either. And uh, you know, I think a lot of us are on that similar path for those that are already in the sports industry. I mean, I was an engineer major my freshman year and I had no idea what I was getting myself into and, you know, what my future looked like until I finally picked up a camera and started, you know, messing around with that. And, you know, sitting here right now, I, I would, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be an engineer or like a lawyer or like any other profession. Like this is, 
this is literally one of the coolest jobs, you know, that both of us gets to do and so many other people get to do. And so many people are trying to do um, as, you know, younger high school graduates, college graduates are starting to, you know, learn more about this industry and kind of figure out how they can get in and get their shot at being a content creator for sports, which is the reason I made this podcast. So um, along those lines, like you said, Clemson was one of your, you know, first inspirations and now you're working at Clemson. Like how, what does that mean to you in terms of that full circle, you know, like how, how, how awesome is that, that you're working for the guys that inspired you originally? Man, uh, honestly, it's still surreal, like, at times. Sometimes I, like, walk into the football facility or I, I, I wake up to go to work and I'm like, man, this is crazy. Uh, funny story to, like, add to it to, like, give some context, but if you've ever applied for, like, jobs, there's the NCAA marketplace, like, the, and you can set up notifications on the marketplace. And so, Um, I had set up three notifications, four notifications, I think. I set up a a notification for creative jobs, social media jobs, jobs in Utah, because that's where I lived, and then jobs at Clemson. Those were like the four things that I had set up because I always thought like, oh, I I would love to work there one day. And and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I feel super blessed um, to be able to, to have the opportunity I do now. And honestly, it's wild. Like, I don't know how or why it worked out the way that it did, but I'm super grateful that it did. Yeah, that's that's such an awesome story to hear. And, you know, something I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were, you know, about to be a lawyer and then now you're a content creator. I, I didn't know much about you prior to BYU. I just remember seeing stuff from um, your account from BYU, like uh, The Cut and those long-form um, pieces. Talk to me a little bit about, kind of how that came about. I feel like you have a slight emphasis on the long form um, at times, but I know you're, you know, now at Clemson, crazy about the short form and the quick content. So talk to me about those two aspects when it comes to content creating. Yeah, it's super interesting that you bring up the cut and like that long form content, because I, I do feel like those were some pieces of content that I created that a lot of people like found me from or like recognized me from. Um, but to be honest, I don't have like, uh, I have a love of long form content, but, but I like just have a love of content in general. And so, so it's interesting how, how people often associate me with that, which get all the time, let bring that on. I would love to be associated with that because I'm super proud of those pieces and things like that. Um, but yeah, no, that it's, it's, a the way that that those things came about is we were just trying to figure out you know what are some things that we can we can differentiate ourselves um in the marketplace and at the time like the hype i mean it's not much different than it is now the the hype video the 15 second quick hitter like the quick turn like video content that was what everyone was doing and we we did that as well and we we thought we did it really well but we thought man there are some great stories here we'd love to be able to to tell those in a, in a longer form and give them the time that they deserve. And so that's kind of where the cut was birthed from. Um, me and my boss at BYU Stewart call, we, we hashed it out and thought, okay, uh, the, the previous year I used to pull an all nighter on Saturday night and turn like a mini version of the cut, like, like a one minute, but really like 
overly produced thing. Um, and that just became like unreasonable. Like, as you can imagine, like we, we'd come back to the hotel after an away game and like watch the sun come up and we were just wrapping up like what we were working on. And so the next year we decided that we would, um, kind of set a precedent that we're going to release this really high end video on Wednesdays of every week. And we're going to drop like a trailer or like a nugget that we were going to post on Tuesday to like get the hype going for it. Um, and then we gave it a name and so that all of our fans would know like, Oh, the cut comes out on Wednesday. Like that's, that's what we were trying to build. Um, and, and it turned into be a model that like was awesome. It was great. And, and fans loved it. And, and they, they still do it at BYU for big games. And I love that. I love to see that, 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 you know, the, the cut was something that we built at BYU for BYU. Um, it's easy for, for, I, sometimes I think, content creators think like oh no this is my thing and like no like we we built that for BYU and we wanted it to be a BYU thing and so I'm super proud of that work that we did there yeah that's super cool to hear about um we're going to jump into the main portion of the podcast now the call-ins I've got a couple people lined up and um I told them they'd have a couple questions for us so uh I'm gonna let the first one in the room now his name is Luke and we'll see how, see what Luke has to say all right, you good? What's up, Luke? Yeah, let's go. All right, we got you. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, I got Tyson from Clemson on the line. Um, basically, how this is going to work is let's just have you start off with a little context about what you're doing right now, kind of if you're a student or if you're working or whatever, um, just so we have a little more information when answering your questions, and then uh, shoot us your first question. Okay, gotcha. So I'm Luke, and I just graduated high school this last year. I was class 2020, so I'm 19 years old, and I'm not going to college right now. I've decided that I don't want to go, um, and that I just like want to try to like do this whole filmmaking and photography thing in the sports industry. Um, so right now, well, during this like off season, I shot with some uh, NFL players, just like practicing and stuff like that. Um, but then since then I've just been shooting high school back to like shooting high school. Um, I first started shooting high school, like last season, just like just last season. So, so my first question is what was y'all like, what would y'all's advice be for someone like me who isn't going to college, but wants to get somewhere like wants to like shoot college and be in like shooting in the NFL? Like, how do I go from high school to the next level? Got it. That's a really good question, Luke. The, I, I tell you the, and, and I wish I had a little bit more experience with it because I did go the college route. And so it's a process that I'm a little bit more experienced with. But one of the things that, that I've noticed is there are people that I know who have started college and dropped out of college to pursue a job or whatever. And, and at the end of the day, like someone who's really talented and skilled will, will trump all else. And, and while, while networking and things might be a little bit more difficult because you don't have an athletic department to lean on or something like that. Like I think people who hone their craft and like are undeniably talented and produce great content, they always have opportunities I feel like. And so um, that, that would be my advice is, is just focus on the craft, like focus on editing and and I really think like people always talk about editing that's like an easy thing to learn and like with YouTube and things like that but but becoming a great shooter is a really underrated skill that I think a lot of people could really value from 
um, where they don't have to rely so much on their editing ability, but but relying on on their skills as a shooter. Um, and then just looking for every opportunity you have. It sounds like you have some great opportunities already, and, and I would I would try and continue to get as many as you can and offer a lot of value to people, and, and opportunities will come your way as you progress. Yeah, and just to add to that, um, what Tyson said, 100% agree with what Tyson has to say. Uh, I would look at it as, you know, again, I also went the college route, so I don't have a ton of background or experience in going from high school straight to the NFL. But based on my experience, I don't I don't think college is a necessity in this career of content creating. Like I could care less personally if someone's applying to where I'm working and wants to get hired as a shooter editor, I could care less what it says under the education portion of their resume. All I care about right. is can they shoot, can they edit, can they, you know, are they a A plus content creator? Um, and that's the big factor when it comes to, you know, landing an internship or a job in this industry is making sure your real, your portfolio, your website is top notch, you know, it stands out, it's well put together, there's no weaknesses, you know, it's just all that's all it is. And if you if you want to look at it that, you know, you don't have these classes to go, do, go to, you don't have these quizzes, these tests to study for, you can spend all that time, you know, working on your craft, like Tyson said, and get a huge head start on those that are in college. Um, right. You know, when I was in college, I could only work on videos outside of class. I could only, you know, learn after effects outside of my homework outside of my schoolwork like i i've gone through college i felt like at certain times i was at a slight disadvantage because i had to spend time you know at doing the work of being a student which obviously i i went to college so i understood that's where i was but that's just that's just where i was then um and now that i'm out of it i could spend all this time you know working on my craft learning new things um, you know, going full time, hundred percent as a content creator, and that helps me stand apart from other content creators. So I think for you, it's just it's okay. It's okay that you're not choosing the college route, and but you have to put in the work to right. get ahead of everyone who is in college now who might get an advantage in terms of networking or student positions or an athletic program. Sure, they all have that one up on you, but you have time right. up on them. Like you can go to YouTube right now and learn something yeah. that they can't right now because they have to take a test or whatever. Um, right. And college is four years. So multiply that by four and your reel in four years should blow out you know, most people graduating right. college. So I think, I think that's the mindset I would look at it. And, you know, that's how I would look at things if I were in your situation. Yeah. Time is money. So I guess that also leads into my next question. Um, how do y'all set yourself apart in such a saturated industry? Like everyone's like videos sometimes like look the same and stuff like that. Like how do you keep evolving? Um, for me, it's, I think you just have to, 
I, it's almost like you need some self-awareness and some to be able to look at yourself and be like, okay, this isn't as good as I want it to be. How can I make it better? Um, it's also, I think what I like to do is just follow other creatives on Instagram, on Twitter and other brands, other teams. Um, like if you want to work in the NFL, I would be following all 32 NFL accounts on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and just see what all those teams and all those departments are doing and see how it compares to your stuff. And maybe there's a huge gap and that's fine. You at least know how much work you need to put in to close that gap. And if you can try to replicate your portfolio or your reel to the type of stuff that they're putting out, they're more likely going to see you as a viable candidate compared to someone else who might have travel videos as a part of their reel or might have Greek life and, you know, food videos on their portfolio. Like I like to tell people to try to mirror where they want to be with their reel and portfolio as much as they can. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I, the way that I go about it is there's so much content out there. Like, like you could, you can, there's someone making something great right now. Like I'm sure if we open Twitter or Instagram right now, you'd see something great. Like it happens every single day. And so the way that I really try and go about things is I try and like identify, I don't know, 10 people, 20 people who I think I really respect their work or I really love what they do. And I know no matter what they do, I'm going to like, I'm going to think that it's high, high end. And I like the way that they go about things and all that stuff. And I maintain that like group of people. And then besides that group of people, um, I just kind of let everything like I see other things, but I don't let every single thing like sway me all over. Like I like I don't see like a, a new transition by someone I've never heard of and like just let it be like, oh, that's the that's the next big thing or the next big thing I like to do. I really like to kind of like set set those people that I know I can trust and that I have relationships with and be like, okay, like I, I look to them for inspiration. And then beyond that, outside of the field, I try and look at other play, other other things, you know, music videos or movies or, you know, other form, even like TikTok, like, like other, other formats to say like, man, this is really working in this other format. Like, I wonder if that would work in sports. That's really how I go about it most of the time. Yeah, that's good. Um, so this is a short one. I don't know if y'all have time, but this last one is when buying gear, how do you prioritize like what to buy first? Cause there's like so many things to get, I feel like. So like, how do you prioritize what you need to get first? That's a great question. First and foremost, like, like lenses. That's what I say. Like, and I, I said that plural lenses, but like lens, like, I mean, like, most of my career was like built on the 70 to 200, like the F2A 7200 G Master, like for Sony or the 7200 for Canon. And so like, like that's where I start. And I go like, you're going to get the most like bang for your buck from like having the appropriate lens. And then the, the camera bodies come and go and, and those are important. But, but I, I, I always believe in investing in like great lenses. Um, and then to be honest, after that, I think it's honestly just about the type of work that you do um, and, and like really prioritizing. Like I would never tell a sports, I might, but it would have to be a really special circumstance. Like 
I would never tell a sports videographer to invest in a tripod before a monopod. Like, no, you should buy a great monopod, but I would probably tell the wedding videographer to buy a great tripod, right? And so, so that's how I go about it is I think, you know, you got to have great lenses and then obviously whatever camera body you need for the type of work that you do. But then beyond that, it really varies a lot. Um, and I, and I try and work backwards, you know, what type of work do I want to begin putting out? If you love the stuff Billy puts out post game from NFL games or whatever, and like it's shot on a gimbal, like Ronin S or whatever, then like, that's the type of stuff you want to produce. And like a gimbal should probably be pretty high on your list. But if that's not the type of work that you're trying to do, then gimbal's probably pretty lower or, or a lot lower. And so for me, that's, that's how I go about it is first and foremost, what's going to make my image look as great as possible. And then after that, just prioritize based on the type of work I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point to kind of work back from what type of shots you want to be going for and then seeing what equipment you kind of need to build up for those type of shots. Um, my advice would be to make sure that you don't fall into a trap that I fell into, which was buying a camera at a cheap price so like kind of kind of a entry level you know camera maybe 300 or 400 dollars and then quickly eyeballing and wanting to upgrade because i got that cheap camera to like a medium or you know medium low tier camera because it's a couple hundred more so then i would get that camera but then i would lose some money because i would sold my first camera for less money than i bought it for right but now I have this medium tiered camera and it can't do everything that all the high end cameras can do. So now I'm like, yeah. great, now I want those cameras. So I'm going to sell this camera and then save up and buy the high end camera when I would have saved so much more money if I skipped that medium step and just saved up and you know stuck out with my first camera and until I had enough for, you know, that third level, fourth level camera. Um, because I honestly went from the Canon T3i to the 70D to the 80D to the A7S II to the Canon 1DX Mark II to the, to the Sony A7 III. And then I finally landed at the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K, which is now my favorite camera ever. But why did I have to spend thousands and thousands right. and thousands of dollars to get to that point when I could have probably just made it by with maybe one or maybe even just one of those upgrades and like, you know, yeah. stuck it out until I found that camera that this is the camera, this is it, this is what I want. Um, I think that's something that I I would assume other people fall into that trap because I fell into it. So that's just something I try to tell people to watch out for is to not get distracted by the next new thing or the latest and greatest. Like um, it's okay to stick with what you have in order to save up even more and like jump multiple levels instead of just making micro level adjustments. Um, and then in terms of equipment outside of of the camera body and the camera lenses, like Tyson mentioned, um, I'm a huge gimbal guy, so you know I love the Ronin S and DJ. I just came out with with the Ronin SC2 or whatever. So, right. so I think that's sweet. Th- yeah, th- those things are sweet. Um, 
But I think it's just making sure you do your research into whatever equipment you're buying and making sure that whether you have to rent it and give it a try or see if your friend has it or see if there's another creative that has it so you can ask them questions about it. It's, it's um, something that I didn't really do as I was building up my gear closet. Um, I kind of just jumped into buying stuff just because it was new and it was awesome. But then I regretted it after I got it and it might not have done this what I was thinking it would do or whatever. Um, but yeah. Good. Good. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for hopping on. Those are some good questions. Those are good. Uh, I, I liked uh, talking about the, the gear and what to buy. What was uh, your first camera that you ever bought? So I had like a Canon, I think it was a Canon T3i as well. Like I feel like everyone owned yeah. that camera. Dude, that camera it was, like was your, literally your the typical, goat. Yeah, it was like your typical like Black Friday special like like uh picked picked it up and and stuff and luckily i i moved on from it pretty quickly but <laughs> but yeah no it's uh that it i always like talk like if you're not maxing out the camera that you have currently like it, you you don't need to upgrade yet yeah. i always like i always say so yeah and um just so people know what are you shooting on now and what's kind of your typical gear setup for a game day uh, it's a good question. I shoot on a lot of different things. Like um, my role, if, if I was just like a dedicated pure shooter, I would shoot on the Sony FS7. Um, that's my that's my favorite um, camera to shoot shoot, especially football with. Um, but to shoot anything with, I, I love the Sony FS7 and with a paired with the 7200. Like it, it's it's one of my favorite setups of all time. Um, I kind of have a a bit of a hybrid role at the moment where. Um, I'm responsible for a lot of like social mobile content as well as uh, shooting the game and given COVID and limited credentials and things like that we got to make the most of every credential we have and so currently I shoot the game on a a Sony a7 III um, with a either 7200 or 100 400 G master lens Um, and then I also have like a little iPhone mobile rig on there so that I can so that I can uh, dual shoot some things for for a couple different things and so that's my setup at the moment but I love the FS7. That's that's one of my favorite uh, cameras to shoot football with. Yeah, I saw your Instagram post showing that iPhone setup, and that's something I actually need to look into for my uh, LCC position. <laughs> Yo, it's it's, uh, it's a game changer, man. I I I've gotten more DMs about that than probably anything else that I've posted in a long time. That's amazing. All right, our next call-in is going to be from Sam. Yo, what's going on, Sam? Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Doing good. Uh, I got Tyson from Clemson on the line, and we are here to answer a couple of questions from you. So uh, to start off, just start with your kind of position or if you're a student or working right now or whatever your current situation is, and then you could hit us with your first question. Right. Okay. So um, my name is Sam Chalmers. Uh, I'm a senior at St. John's University in Minnesota, um, and I kind of got into creative you know, sports media by creating an entire department here at St. John's that we're a smaller school. So we don't have, you know, all the money and resources like some of the bigger schools do, but uh, I kind of found a passion for, uh, you know, storytelling, uh, especially through football and uh, yeah, I'm graduating in December. So looking for some uh, advice. Yeah, that's dope. What's uh, what's your first question? Um, Yeah, I guess, I mean, I would love to hear, I don't know what you guys have talked about so far, but I would love to hear kind of Tyson's story, how he got into, 
you know, football, especially, um, but kind of just like creative uh, media. And then kind of for both of you, just what skills you would tell someone like me as like a, uh, a grad or a, or a grad to be, or, you know, a recent grad from college uh, that I should focus on um, kind of getting into this industry, um, you know, kind of bettering my skills and um, yeah, kind of that. So it's a great question. Go whoever. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I actually, uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but I'll give you the uh, short version. Like I was in a very similar situation to you where um, I was part of a department. We were kind of trying to figure out the video thing and what opportunities there were there. And, and man, what an experience that was. One day you'll look back at like being able to be this like one man or nearly one man band in this small school. And like, you'll, you'll be very thankful for the things that you learn in that, in that scenario. I was able to learn a lot from kind of, you know, we, we had a lot of resources, but man, I was, I was YouTubing and figuring things out and trying to, to just learn as much as I could. So you'll look back on that and be, be, um, very, very thankful for it. Um, one of the things that, that I would say for, for you as a graduate, like, um, this podcast is called get the shot podcast, right? And like there, as long as you can get the shot, you'll have opportunities. But the one thing that I always say to people is like, if you can have an understanding of everything else, everything, everything else that goes into like what we do, like social media, like why this thing that you make might not work very well on Instagram. It's just not going to like, why does the stuff that you put on Twitter not work on TikTok? Cause I can promise you it's not going to probably unless you're doing like some real innovative things on Twitter. But like, I, I think it's super valuable and underrated to not to like learn more than just like making cool stuff. Like, like I, I wish, I wish more people would have an understanding of everything else that goes into it. And like for you, you work at a university and like even the little things of like knowing something about compliance and like, like why we can't do certain things in an athletic department and just kind of having that well-rounded knowledge. I think that makes someone like super valuable. When I, when I get to work with someone who is able to get the shot, but they also understand some of the nuances of the other things that we're dealing with. Oh man, it's valuable. I, I would encourage you to learn as much as you can about those things while you're in the university environment for sure. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. And yeah, I definitely, you know, admire you uh, and your path because yeah, I mean, college football is, I mean, that's, that's where I want to be. Like, that's, that's an awesome path. And, and yeah, I'm actually an economics major, so <laughs> completely different than what the creative stuff is. So yeah, trying to, trying to get that well-rounded is, uh, is good. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know how much time you guys have, but I mean, any other kind of advice, you know, um, especially Tyson, I know, uh, we kind of relate with our situation. So, I mean, anything that comes to mind uh, that you want to share briefly, uh, I'd, I'd be good. Otherwise, uh, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'll jump okay. in. Um, I think I think earlier you asked for advice since you're a senior and you're about to graduate and just trying to get a grasp of, you know, what career path you're about to take on. Um, for me, when I was a senior getting ready to graduate, my mindset was, I don't care where my landing spot is. Whoever gets me is going to get a a a, a freaking dog. Like you are going to get the best version of me because everybody else slept on me and didn't pick me up. 
So I don't care if I'm in Odessa, Texas, working for the AAA baseball team. I don't care if I if I have to move to the middle of Kansas or like I I, I tweeted a while ago my list of all the places I apply to. Um, and if you look at the location, every state was up there. It was, you know, Texas, New York, Georgia, California, Wyoming. I literally applied to every single position that had the words creative or video or content or whatever. I applied to every single one that I could find. And I knew what I had on my reel and my resume wasn't, you know, the best or the most standout-ish. I knew that that's why a lot of people didn't call back. I knew that's why some people denied me and said no. Like I, I knew that I was okay with that just because of the situation I was in at Arkansas. I didn't shoot a single football game at Arkansas. Like I have, I had zero experience. I was out there shooting Quidditch, um, but I knew I had enough to get a shot somewhere, and so I just applied everywhere that I could and gave myself the best chance for someone to say yes. And I knew once that happened, it would be game over. Um, thankfully, the Kansas City Chiefs called back. They initially denied me for a full-time position there that I was underqualified for. And they said, probably not qualified for this spot right now, but we have an internship, a seasonal position, if you're willing to take that and, you know, you'll learn a lot through us. And I was like, I'll freaking take it. I don't care if it's an internship. I don't care if I have to live in an Airbnb for seven months, let's roll. And then I grinded my heart out at the Chiefs and they hired me full-time the next season. So I think my advice to you and any other, you know, soon to be graduates is to have an open mind about where you're gonna end up you're probably not going to end up at your dream position, dream job right away. But wherever you do end up, if you put in the work and put in the time, put in the hours, you'll eventually get to where you want to be. Right. That's awesome advice. Yeah, that's awesome. No, this is, this is an awesome podcast. I mean, I feel like it was made, you know, right for me. It's awesome. So you guys are doing good work. Tyson, uh, love your work too. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for asking those questions. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate no you, man. Yeah, you too, guys. Have a good uh, day. Yeah, those were those were some good questions. What was your um, kind of bouncing off of that? What was your mindset when you were, I guess, at your internship? Were you thinking I'm? Were you kind of just trying to figure things out or were you like, I really want to work at BYU full-time, so hopefully they hire me full-time? Like, what was your kind of mindset then? No, that's, that's a that's a good question and a good point. Like, um, one thing I wish, like, more people would would think about or, or that I think people should think about is just, like, offering as much value as possible. Um, like, when I was a, when I was a student um, – and then when I was like a like a GA three quarter time position right after I graduated, one of the things that I noticed was um, that we were spending a lot of money to externally produce like the intro videos, like the, like the the videos that play before the teams run out for like basketball and and football and stuff. And and I was like, man, I think I could do those. Like I think I could save BYU a lot of money if like I was able to do those. And so. 
um, I approached my boss about it and was like, Hey, like, I think I can do these for you. Like I, I've been in the meetings. Like I know how much money we're spending on them. I think I, I think I could help us out here. Um, will you give me a shot to to do one? Uh, and like I cringe at thinking about it now, like what I actually produce. But but man, I learned so much through that. And like that's kind of like my own way. My that was like my own like grind of like no, I'm gonna figure this out and like identify value to to offer. Um, and so like, that's how it came to be. And it was kind of an evolution from there of like, you know, I knew that was a way that I could get a, get a more secure position. And then from that, I was like, it was an interesting scenario. Cause I was like at my alma mater, I really, my list of like dream jobs was pretty short. And I, I feel really lucky that like one of those came a lot sooner than I ever anticipated. But, um, yeah, no, like if you can find a way to, to provide value, like I'm sure you did with the chiefs in that, you were a seasonal position and then they, it, it made it a no brainer for them to be like, no, we, we want to bring Billy on. And so like anytime someone can find a way to offer value, like they'll, they'll be in a good spot for sure. Yeah. That, that's really funny to hear. Do you have that <laughs> intro video still or is it uh, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I have it somewhere. No one will find it anywhere, but, <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure I have it somewhere. That's funny. Yeah. My mindset when I was an intern at the chiefs was, you know, there's only two things that are going to happen once the season ends. I'm either going to leave or I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to stay. Like I'll be here or I'll be gone. Those are the only two options. If I am gone, I want them to feel that. Like I want them to feel the me not being there. And that's, you know, the type of grind that I put in every day to just over overwork everything I did and just, you know, put in the hours. Um, I think. Yeah, and it's like a it's a it's a win win for you because you either put in all the work and you're able to get an opportunity, or you put in all the work and you have this fantastic portfolio to like get you your next opportunity. Yep. And so 100%. It, it's uh there there's not much that can be said from like just putting your head down and like going to work and trying to do the best you can. For sure. All right, we got two more people, so we're almost done. Next up is Cooper Photo. Hello. Yo, Cooper, what's going on? How you doing, Billy? Doing good. I got Tyson on the line as well from Clemson, and we are here to answer your questions. Cool. Here, let's see if my video will work. There you go. Uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, my question in particular, um, so I started really more on the photo side. Uh, so I've had more of like five years of experience on that type of thing. I'm trying to get more video. Um, but in terms of, especially in COVID times right now, where there's not exactly a lot of stuff to shoot, there aren't a lot of jobs going around. Um, how would you suggest to start, I mean, I have a bit of a portfolio, but, um, how would you suggest to start shooting more stuff and just getting more into your portfolio and getting a real going? Yeah, that's a really good question. And definitely with COVID, that's, you know, something that a lot of people are facing, like the issue of there's no events going on. There's no, there's no, you know, huge, there's no easy access, accessible events to go shoot. So that's definitely a huge issue right now. And um, thankfully, I'm not in a situation where I need to find stuff to shoot. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not really experienced in this. But what I would suggest if I were in that position, and um, this, this is more catered to sports, because I get a lot of people asking about sports is, you know, even though there's not huge, you know, maybe there's maybe there's not a huge, I don't know, football game going on in your city or whatever, there's there's still 
as long as it's, you're not in like a super hot spot, there's still, you know, rec leagues going on. There's still um, people are starting to still have, you know, flag football practice at your local park. I, I see it all the time driving around. I see people having lacrosse practice, having high school practice. Like there's, I think if you looked more around you, there's more unorganized practices from, or not un, unorganized, but like just lower league, like not more recreational um, sporting events going on that you could find that you could try to use that as your, you know, um, kind of use that as your time to experiment with, you know, the cameras you have or learn a video technique yeah. or practice a certain transition that maybe you saw, you know, on social. Um, and that, you know, getting that stuff on your reel is better than not having any sports on your reel. Yeah. And like, I think, I think if I were, was in a situation where I, where I was looking for a job in sports and, you know, there's not really sports for me to cover, I can't really get access to my professional teams, pro professional leagues. Um, I would just yeah. start working my way down and see if I can get into my JUCO leagues, see if I can get into my high school teams around me, see if I can get in middle school. Like shooting a dope slow motion and focus shot of someone catching a football in a high school game takes the same amount of skill to shoot that in a professional game. Like if, if your shots are good at the high school level, your shots will be good at the next level. Um, so I don't think, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do I get access to an NFL game? How do I get credentialed? I need, yeah. I need access to practice or like to up my reel. Well, they're not going to let you in if you don't have anything on your reel. So like yeah. you just got to work your way down. And that's probably my suggestion during this time. For sure. Yeah, it's good advice. The, the other thing that I think about is like, there's nothing we can do about the situation with the pandemic, right? Like, there there are fewer opportunities than ever like there and so it's 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 a difficult situation but so if i was in the situation i would maybe try and like hone in on some other skills that i know come you know when the pandemic is over i'm gonna really benefit from like maybe i maybe i really try and work on like my uh, I don't know, my After Effects abilities, or if I've never even looked at After Effects before, maybe I open it up, or like th things like that, that that are in your control, because like, to your point, like, there's nothing we can do about the about the pandemic at the moment, or, you know, being being in a situation where there aren't a lot, a lot of opportunities to shoot at the moment. Um, but there are plenty of opportunities to learn and grow. And, and so that's, uh, unfortunately it's not a fantastic answer i wish i had like this golden ticket to like uh here's how to shoot sports during a pandemic but unfortunately it's not that easy at the moment but that that's what i would do is there's there's a lot you can't control but the things that you can control i would maximize yeah for sure uh so there's one question kind of piggybacking off of that uh, in terms of getting more like of a real in terms of your editing skills and stuff like that uh, I know of a lot of people who have gotten jobs with colleges where they didn't necessarily shoot what they were editing, but they were just pulling stuff from whatever they could get. What's your guys' opinion on using stuff that you didn't necessarily shoot uh, in your reels and stuff like that? And how would you say, put a disclaimer saying, I didn't shoot this, but I edited it. Um, and would you even use that in your reel at that point? Um, first and foremost, like I think reels are important and they're like kind of the standard of how you go about things. 
but I I'll always look at someone's reel, but I think like an assortment of content of different styles. Like I always love to see that. Like I, if someone applies for a job, like for me, I'm going to go and look at their Instagram and like look at all sorts of stuff that they've made. I'm not going to just look at their reel. And so while you have to have a reel for me personally, I wouldn't use other people's like shots in my reel unless it was like, uh, I don't know. I was showing off a very specific skill set with like motion motion graphics or something like that 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 required it so for me personally i wouldn't do that but to billy's point like like i would work with what what you've got and make the most of it and and then the anyone who's done this for a long time like they're not going to look at just your reel like if you can constantly create really good things um and you can have an assortment of content that that you're proud of like they'll look at a number of things, not just a reel. And so sometimes I think people get really hung up on like having a reel and like having it be perfect. And while it's important, like consistently creating great content that you can showcase and say like, not only do I have a reel, but I have this like long form piece I did. And then I also have this hype piece that I did and like kind of showing a breadth of skills, I think is super important. Definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely agree with that. Um, The reel is only going to get you know, whoever's hiring you in the door. Once they're in the door, you need to be able to show off that you can do everything else. Like it's not, it's not one hundred percent all about the reel. Um, I would put a lot of thought and effort into the reel because that's what, that's how you're gonna get those people to look into, you know, your portfolio and dig deeper. But at the same time, you still need to make sure once they do that. Um, once they enter through to your website or your portfolio or whatever, and they start looking at your second, third, fourth pieces, that those are really good as well. For sure. Awesome answers, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on and uh, talking to us, Cooper. Thanks, Cooper. Okay. Did you, did you ever have to create a reel or uh to be honest no like like i've never had to create a reel and and maybe that's why i kind of have the opinion i do about it but i i just i have never one i've never had to create one and then when people send me their reel i i really it's all reels are like very similar like like they they showcase i i think it's really hard for someone to showcase their skill set in a reel and I, I've interviewed for jobs and had job offers where like a reel was asked of me and I said, hey, instead, can I send you like 10 pieces of content I've made? And like, they're all different and I'll tell you why. And like, you can get a better breadth of my work and my abilities by looking at all of these things. And so um, I probably have a bit of a biased view due to my experience and, and how I like to evaluate talent when I'm hiring. Um, but no, for me, I, I've never actually had to if I were to put together a reel, I think it would be more for myself, to be honest, like to be like, I want to create like this. I've been very lucky to to shoot some really awesome events and different things. And, and I would probably do it more for me. With that said, it's a great opportunity to get exposure. Like when someone creates a great reel and posts it on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, it it pops off and it like puts a lot of eyeballs in front of it. But I think that is more valuable about a reel than like the actual like getting a job uh aspect of getting a reel so or having a reel i mean yeah i i think i might be on a little bit on the other side of the fence i 
put a little bit more into the reel when I'm looking at candidates. Um, maybe that's just because I, I don't know my shooting aspect or my shooting background. Um, but I, I feel like I have this innate or strange ability to just tell within like five seconds if someone's a viable candidate or not from their reel. Like you can just tell like, oh, they have potential or, oh, they don't. And maybe I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll ever know if that's true or not, because it's not like I could hire every single person I say no to, but that's just kind of my outlook is if your reel doesn't pop off, then I'm most likely not going to give your other stuff a second look. Um, but if your if your reel can catch my attention and show that you have some of it, then I'll definitely, you know, pay attention to everything else on your site. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, I, I get that, I get that, like, you can only evaluate, like, with how many applications that some of these jobs have, like, you have to have a way to, like, move through things quicker. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big part of, like, why a reel is so emphasized and things like that is because, like, you need a concise way to evaluate talent. So that's a good way to go about it. And so, like, I'm not anti reel necessarily, but, like, I also think there's a lot of value placed on it when, like, there are probably like better ways to evaluate the talent if you can. That's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Lastly, we have Carter Franklin. Yo, what's going on, guys? How you doing, Carter? Good. Uh, yeah, we got Tyson on the line as well from Clemson. Uh, let's just start off with uh, your name and a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, uh, just so we have some context of where you're at. And then you can shoot us your first question. Yeah, cool. So uh, my name is Carter Franklin. Um, I graduated this past spring from Ohio Wesleyan University. It's a small D3 school by Columbus, Ohio. Um, So I'm pursuing a career as a video content creator. Um, After graduation, I secured a couple interviews with the NFL, um, some other Division I athletic departments. only to see those positions canceled or cut after COVID hit a couple months ago. Um, So I'm kind of still on the job search. It's kind of been better recently, starting to see more jobs being posted, um, but still on the hunt. So I've just kind of been freelancing these past couple months um, while I'm still looking for a position somewhere. Um, My first question deals with uh, your portfolio. And Billy, you guys kind of talked about it a little bit on the last episode, um, specifically dealing with the importance of your reel and how like um, during the hiring process, that's really like the first and main thing you look at with someone. And my question is, is it appropriate to have footage that you didn't shoot yourself on your reel if you specifically edited it for a client. So for example, like with me, I've been working with Cleveland Browns defensive end, Miles Garrett, these past couple months, which I've been lucky, lucky enough to do. And so the footage is from the NFL and his team kind of sends me um, pictures and clips himself. So that's some of my most recent and I feel best and most relevant work that I've done but is it appropriate to put in the reel if I didn't shoot it myself? Oh yeah, that's a really good question. We, we actually were just talking about this with our last caller, but I think for me, if I think it's okay only if you, let me see how to 
phrase this. Um, I would be okay with using other people's shots in my reel if I was making an editing reel. Um, if I was, I feel like if you split your reel up into a shooting reel and an editing reel, in your shooting reel, all those shots should be from you. In your editing reel, that can maybe incorporate other assets from other people because it's more about the editing qualities from you rather than the shooting. Um, with that being said, you could also probably, you know, get away with not using any of those shots in your reel, but making sure to have those edits on your portfolio. Um, because if someone clicks on your website and then clicks on that video, I think if it's NFL footage, you know, they may understand that not all the shots are from you, or you, you could have something underneath that says, NFL footage provided by the NFL or whatever. Um, I think in some cases it's okay to have it. But to answer your question, I think in some cases it's okay to have footage from other people in your reel if you specify that this is like an editing reel or this portion of the reel is editing um, versus this other portion, which is the shots that I get. Yeah, for sure. I I, I echo what Billy says. Like the it's it's all about like how you go about it like if you're not in per if you're not claiming that you shot the footage then like it's not a big deal like the other thing too is we kind of live in this world where like we shoot and edit like in college sports and like working for teams like that's often the case but like we forget that like ad agencies and like production houses and like these these uh you know networks and different things like there are people who are only editors and like don't ever shoot and so, like, they obviously have reels because they're, like, very proud of, like, the, the way they edit and the different things. And so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I do think maybe I would go about it, like like Billy said, where if you do have some things that you've shot, maybe you uh, differentiate that in your reel or maybe you have two separate reels or uh, split it up in your portfolio. But, but I mean, that's people people have director's reels where they like didn't didn't touch anything but they like directed all the stuff that was shot there like there's there's a lot of ways to go about it and so i wouldn't get overly concerned about it as long as you go about it the right way awesome um my next question kind of sticking on the portfolio topic um billy i kind of got a feeling for where your answer might be with you having started out shooting quidditch with this question but um when applying for jobs and internships, how necessary or important is it um, for the employer to see content specific to that sport? So like, for example, if I'm applying for an internship in the MLB and I don't have any baseball content on my portfolio, are they going to look and be like, oh, he can shoot X amount of other sports. He'll be able to do baseball. Like how big of a factor is that when looking for a job? That's a really good question, Carter. I think what I've been saying is if at all possible, you try to kind of mimic where you want to be with your portfolio. So say you want to be in the MLB, um, try to get some baseball shots, whether it's from high school or little league or college or whatever in your portfolio. Um, but, but I wouldn't say that's a deal breaker. Like I'm, Like if you can shoot, you know, amazing concert recaps like that can um, transition over to MLB. If you can shoot phenomenal, you know, travel videos 
with great, you know, time lapses and interview, interview shots. And like, like, I don't think every single person who has been hired by an MLB team had a perfect baseball reel in their portfolio. Like, um, as a content creator, like most of these skills translate over sports, over industries. Like you can take, you know, you could use your hype NFL footage of Miles, you know, your hype NFL edit of Miles Garrett, and that translate translates well into the MLB. It's just a slightly different sport, um, but the emotion and the storytelling behind it is similar. Um, working with an athlete and trying to build hype and trying to show off what they're doing. Um, so I, I don't think it's super, super important, but I do like to tell people to try to at least, you know, uh, if you if you want to work in concerts, you should have some concert, you know, items in your reel or your portfolio. I don't think it has to be 100%, but there should be an attempt to kind of mimic where you want to be with what you currently have. Yeah, that's a good answer. My, my answer is similar. Like I obviously would it help if you had baseball footage, if you were applying for a job with major league baseball. Yeah, for sure. But also like if I see that you're a great shooter and you shoot basketball and you shoot it really, really well, like I know that's going to translate. I can give you a really good example. Like, um, I hired someone at BYU, uh, his name's Kieran Guru, and he's one of the best shooters that I've ever worked with, hands down. When I hired him, he had essentially, he had shot some football, but like 100% lacrosse, like it was all lacrosse, but like for me seeing his lacrosse stuff, I knew it would translate. I was like, dude can track a lacrosse ball, he can track a football, I guarantee it, like he can track a basketball, and sure enough, like translated perfectly like killed it still kills it like and now he works in an assortment of sports and so i i uh i i'm not gonna act like it it probably isn't helpful it would definitely be helpful like to have some some sports related but but if i was applying for a job in sports like i i probably would uh have fewer like concert footage like fewer shots of concerts and something that might relate whether it's a a piece of baseball content or, or even like a workout video or something like that. Like, like, I think, I think there's like a relation that I would try and find where, where I like someone who works in the business can definitely spot that they can spot like, Oh, if they, if they can do that and do that well and can tell you're a great shooter, then it'll translate to whatever that they're working on. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, I got one more question for you guys here. Um, and I think you guys are kind of in similar but different situations in this aspect. And the question deals with being a solo shooter versus shooting as a part of a team. Um, so like when Billy's in LCC and he's going to shoot a Chiefs game, he doesn't have um, four or five X amount of other camera people shooting the game. So how do you pick and choose getting your tight B-roll shots versus maybe getting a big play where Tyson – you could go zoom in close on the quarterback for a player too, knowing you have four or five other camera angles that are going to capture the big play if it happens. Yeah. First of all, your awareness of the various scenarios is like 
really spot on. Like, and, and that's the way that like you should be thinking about things. And the way that I go about it is like, it all comes down to the deliverable, like what I'm trying to deliver. So for example, let's say I show up to a game and my deliverable is to deliver something of Patrick Mahomes. Like I'm going to shoot very differently because like, I don't need to get the big play from like X running back. I need to get Patrick Mahomes stuff. And so I work backwards from whatever the deliverable is. And so if I know the deliverable is highlights, I'm going to shoot way more conservative of uh, like of how I go about things because I know I need to capture the highlights of the game. If I'm trying to make like a hype piece about one player, I'm going to zero in and take a lot more risks on getting great moments with that one player. And so that's my biggest advice is like know what the deliverable is and shoot to that. I use this phrase all the time. We're we're lean with who we have to shoot right now during the pandemic. Like access to the field is lean. And so I like use this term all the time. I'm like shoot to edit. Like shoot to edit. You need to shoot knowing what you're going to edit. And that's kind of something that I that that we try and preach is like if you have a bunch of people that that you know you can rely on or if you know the melt you're going to have the tv melt and you want to use it like by all means take some risks like shoot tight like fall track a player or something like that but you got to know what the deliverable is and shoot towards that that's my advice yeah uh 100 agree my you know when i'm at nfl games shooting my deliverable or my responsibility is is getting uh, hype player content after they score a touchdown. That's kind of our biggest, um, most popular, or best performing content is immediately after the touchdown. What are they doing? Are they celebrating? Are they doing a backflip? Are they dancing? Whatever. Um, so for me, I'm always going to follow the ball um, because ultimately that's going to end up in the end zone. And I... Unfortunately, you know, shooting by myself, I can't um, take too many risks and focus in on Patrick or on Tyreek or, you know, ISO in on some players and try to get their reactions of the play. I, I try to do that in between plays, but then once the play snap happens, once the ball gets snapped, I'm back to kind of my main uh, following the ball, framing, and just stick or being a little safer with those shots. Sometimes I do, you know, risk it for the biscuit, and sometimes I will if if I know they're, you know, the Chiefs are closer to their end zone and working um, with a lot more grass in front of them. I'll probably ISO in on a couple of players for a player or two and hope that they don't throw a bomb. <laughs> Um, in that moment and then if they do then I'll you know I'll just stick with it and you know I can have one miss every now and then and maybe it it does turn out to be a cool moment where I stick with Patrick for a deep throw and he runs and celebrates and we never really get to see that because I'm always in the end zone Um, so I think it's okay to do it every now and then but yeah like Tyson said it's just knowing what your deliverables are what your responsibilities are um, who you're shooting with. I know as an LCC, I'm shooting with another LCC in Diego and he's on the other side of the field and we kind of have the field split 50-50 down long ways. 
so I know if anything goes to his side that he's got it covered. Anything that goes to my side, I've got it covered. So if something does go to the far side, maybe I'll, you know, focus on someone else because I know Diego's there. Um, but that's all uh, built with trust and planning and just knowing where everyone's at and making sure everybody has a clear plan on how they're getting their shots. Yeah, and to piggyback off, or to piggyback, to piggyback off what Billy said, like make the most of your time down there. Like I, I, I hit record like ten to fifteen seconds before the play starts, and I'm like shooting the linebacker, like making a call, or like the quarterback, like talking to his offensive lineman, or the ball being set and like the lineman's hand going down on the ball, or the wide receiver fixing his gloves or checking with the ref, like. You have moments before the ball's snapped where you can do both really well. And, and and I think that's super important. And those are the shots that like elevate something from like a broadcast highlight to like a really powerful like cinematic storytelling piece. Like those are the things. And then I also pay attention to where they're at on the field. Like if they're inside the 20 and I can get some of those like tight shots, I'll take that opportunity to do it. Um so it's just kind of an awareness of things, but also making the most of the opportunities that you have. Very cool. Awesome answers. That's kind of all I got as far as questions. But um, before I head out, I just wanted to first off, thank you guys for letting me come on. And two, thank you guys for what you guys are doing with this podcast. And I've been following you both for a while now. And the content you put out has really inspired me as a young creator. So thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, uh, inspiring people. Thanks, Carter. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for the message. Um, hope you have a good rest of your week, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, we are done with the call-ins. That was that was that was uh, some good answers from Carter. Um, I know he's DM'd me a couple of times about his um, Miles Garrett stuff, so that's cool to see. Talk to him in person. Um, all right, so basically for, for this portion, we're uh, just going to jump into some outro questions, final questions from me, and then some last. Uh, things to wrap up. Uh, I went to your YouTube channel and there are only two videos on there. One of them from 2019 and I clicked on it and at the beginning it said, I plan on making more YouTube content this year in 2019. So I am calling you out. Why, Called out. Why the long, uh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Uh, no, that's a good that's a good question. To be honest, I've had like this uh like I have this affinity for YouTube because like I truly am like I owe so much of like what I know to YouTube and like YouTubers like in general. And so like I've always in the back of my mind been like, man, I would love to like do that. Like to like help more people or like give back and and obviously life gets in the way and like career opportunities and changes and stuff, but um no that's a good point i need to get back on it um it's something that i really enjoy doing and hopefully hopefully it uh provides some value to people i i I think the the last one i put out i think it was just last week was was fairly well received so so hopefully uh hopefully i can find some more time for that i i definitely need to as i appreciate the call out here live on the pod so that i make sure i do it more i do agree with you it is very time consuming to do it's it's it hard. is. It's shockingly like it's, people think that these guys just throw like 
throw themselves on a camera it's not like you have to plan a lot or else it just like doesn't work and yeah so, and the, the editing yeah. on the back end and you know the, then you have to think about the titles and the transitions and the b-roll like it's a lot of things that you don't think about before you hit the record button and then you start to think about it when you're editing and you're like crap this is gonna take way more like much more longer than i thought so i'm in the same boat i i keep telling myself I need to put out more YouTube content, but you know, the job gets in the way, life gets in the way. It's just, it's, it's just a bunch of um, time consuming projects that just gets in the way. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah, with you I feel there. Like I, uh, yeah, I feel like I kind of have a little bit of a formula down now. I, I know what I have time to make. And so I'm going to just try and make like certain types of content. So we'll yep. see what happens. Hope, uh, hopefully there will be more. I'll be ready for it. Um, I once tweeted out, a question that I love to ask people when I'm interviewing them is if you could shoot for the rest of, of your life or edit for the rest of your life, which one you choose. And I think I remember which one you picked, but I'm going to ask you again, if you could shoot and only shoot for the rest of your life, or if you could only edit for the rest of your life, which route are you taking? Like, okay, so follow clarifying question. Am I like always able to shoot? Like, am I always physically in good enough shape to shoot? Or am I like, got to make the most of my years of good health to shoot? Um, I would say in a, in this scenario, both career paths end at the same time. Like you're, you'll be a good shooter for as long as you need to be and you'll be also you also could be a good editor for as long as you need to be but you're not one doesn't happen more than the other in this scenario all right okay uh i'm as much as it pains me it truly does because this is like this is a great question because it's like really difficult to answer but i'm gonna go uh i want to say shoot but i'm not going to i'm gonna say edit because i think the like the breadth of things that you can do as an editor, like far outweigh like what you can do as a shooter. I also think technology is going to catch up to us in a lot of ways where like we may not have as many shooters on the field because of like advancements in technology. Now that could also happen with editing. I know someone's going like, oh, AI will edit videos for us one day, which is also probably true. But I think I think I could continue to progress and be happy as an editor in my progression as a creative more than I would as a shooter. So I'm going to go editor, shockingly. Editor. I love it. I would go shooter for the obvious reasons, but I also understand what an impossible question that is because you got to do both. Like It's you, tough. You just have to yeah, know both. It's but it, it's, a fun, it's a fun question to kind of break the ice when, when interviewing people and um, I started asking that when I was at the Chiefs interviewing for more seasonal. So I, I love using that um, as a question always. So let's go on. Um, your most recent YouTube video, you say you your business is to move content quickly. So can you explain a little bit more about what that means? Because I don't think many people see the value in getting something out fast but you and I are both in a position where speed is really the moneymaker, like getting stuff out quick and after a big moment. So can you talk a little bit more about 
how maybe how you do that and how Clemson moves content more quickly than other schools maybe yeah and and I think I mentioned it on this podcast but like kind of knowing the social side of things like some of those like back-end analytics like that's where that philosophy comes from like if we can capitalize on big moments as soon as possible then like that's going to reflect in like how things perform. Now, with that said, there's a time and a place for like you to take your time and to polish off this like awesome 100% epic thing. But there's a reason why the NFL, Major League Baseball, that they're all investing in these like live content teams. Like it's because of like the value that you can have when you capitalize on these big moments. And so, yeah, like, like at Clemson, we're in the business of, of moving fast. And, and to be honest, I really think that my boss, Jonathan Gant, like he's probably like the originator of that. Like like in 2015, when they won the national championship, like they had like a recap posted when the final whistle blew. Like and it, it was it was awesome and capitalized on the moment. And so now I think we're in a position where like you need to do both really well. I think you need to hit a home run in the appropriate times and take the time to polish something off, but then also capitalize on the moments as well. And so um, I've always, I've seen the fruits of when you move quickly and like produce things really fast. And so um, now I'm in a situation where I want to do both. I want to, I want to create the polish thing when it needs to be polished, but then we're going to move quickly and capitalize on the moments when we have the opportunity to. Yeah, for sure. I'm in the same boat. I love the idea of getting, the content that I shoot and the content that I create into the hands of those who, you know, deal with posting it. Um, I'll stay up till 3 a.m. if I have to, finishing up a hype video. Um, or even even at the Super Bowl, you know, I had my laptop behind me. And, you know, after a touchdown would happen, I would flip my camera around, unplug the USB-C from my camera, plug it into my laptop, export, send it, and turn back around like I was I'm all about speed um when it comes to getting content out because I think it just plays so much better the sooner it gets out there um uh last main question for me is a lot of people uh dm me and talk about getting into a creative rut and just like hitting a wall what are some things or some pieces of advice that you may have to get out of that rut or you know, kind of break through those, those walls of creative blocks? Um, it's a really good question. I think it's something that we all experience. If you don't, you're like superhuman. Like I'm jealous because I think it happens to all of us. One of the things that I do is I do this on Twitter and I do this on Instagram and YouTube is when I see a piece of content that I really like, I save it. Um, I save it in collections on Instagram. I save it in bookmarks on Twitter um, I have private playlists on, on YouTube that I save things to. And when I get in a creative rut, I just go and like scroll through some things. Like I go and scroll through and it's not all sports related content. It's, it's music videos. It's, it's scenes for movies, it's commercials and uh, it's graphics. I'm not even a graphic designer, but I like get a lot of inspiration from graphics and, and photography. And so, um, in the short term, that's what I do. I, I do that a lot where I go like, ah, I, I, I'm just not feeling the creative juices and like I'll scroll through and look at some things and, and really get inspired. And so um, 
that that's a go-to for me is like all the time even when the the creative's flowing well i'm always saving stuff that i like or little things that i catch that i think are really good so that when i get in that creative rut i can revert back to it yeah i think that's a really big feature that not many people take advantage of on instagram is to save stuff to a collection and kind of have different categories for different types of inspiration because i definitely do that uh, whenever i see something cool on instagram is just save it to my collections and put it in the right board um all right ending off we are going to do a couple of things first of all we're going to flip the script i'm going to give you the chance to ask me a question okay all right i listened to alex farkas's podcast all the way till the end so i knew this was coming so i was ready for it um now i'm not going to add any additional context to this so in this field that we work in sports content what is the next big thing wow what a question what is the next big thing better for the record for the record i don't know what the answer is but i always like asking people and so that they uh so that i can hear their perspective that's a really good question Uh, i hope the next big thing is better wi-fi at all all points (laughs) a huge wi-fi router that lets you get on seamless wi-fi no matter how many people are in the stands i hope that's the next big thing because that's a issue that i run into in a lot of stadiums yeah, give um, us that 5G that everyone keeps talking about. Yeah, um, let's see. The next big thing. Honestly, like, I know you're joking about the Wi-Fi thing, but at the same time, like, that might be the next big thing. We talk about, like, moving fast and stuff. And, like, honestly, connectivity might be the next big thing. Like, imagine if you could, like, shoot on your camera and it was, like, being recorded to a computer, like, in the media room. And, like, you didn't even have to, like do anything yeah. like like that could be the next big yeah, thing you know like what you, that, I, that's what I'm i know you're with. saying that i know you're saying that like tongue-in-cheek but like honestly i have some i have some thoughts like that's, I, that's I think, my biggest i think block. that could be a thing yeah no, i'm uh, with that's, you that's my I'm answer with you. a a okay, Wi-Fi like system it. a something a router i don't know something that lets all the content creators in the stadium be connected with 10 gig speeds without having a hard line in because that is my biggest hurdle right now as a live content correspondent for the NFL because we are tasked with getting content out so quickly that but sometimes the Wi-Fi in the stadium is not good because there's so many people there so we have to hard line in but most stadiums only have one access point to hard line in so if you're on the other field when a touchdown happens, you're you're screwed. You have to run 50 yards down the end zone, 100 yards down the sidelines, and by the t- by the time you get there, it's it's over. It's on to the next thing, and especially now with COVID because of the operational zones and um, how much more difficult it is to move around the field since we're in the stands. Non-COVID, I would have to run literally sprint after a touchdown into the media room to dump my shot, export it, throw it on Slack, and then run back out. So the next big thing is when I can sit 
at where I'm shooting from, a play happens, I get that shot onto my phone, and I can send it through Slack or through wherever I need to send it to seamlessly. 100% of the I time. I like it. Every time. Connectivity. I'm, yep. I'm with you. I like that. Because then I'm, we'll, I'm down with that answer. We'll get stuff out quicker. We'll, you know, people will be more in the moment, in the moment, because it literally just happens, you know, on TV and now they're experiencing it on their phones or on social or whatever. And yeah, it, 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 that's the next big thing. There's my answer. That's good. So that's who, actually high on my list. Actually, that's that's <laughs> high on my list. I, when you said that, I was like, I know you're joking, but like, I it's high on my list for me. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, next thing, can you list out three people that people are listening to right now should follow? Three other creatives that you think are killing it and are changing the game. Um, secretly, I am also asking this question for more. Uh, guest nominees, but also to help out those who may, might be new to the whole sports creative world and don't really know who to follow. Um, can you just list out maybe two or three people that we should look into? Yeah, you bet. So there's there's this guy that I like. He's one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Not like super highly followed by people, but like has some serious wisdom, has been in the game for a long time. And honestly, I really hope I don't butcher his name because I don't know him personally. But his name's Imry, I-M-R-Y. He works at Harvard, actually, in their video services department. And he drops wisdom about how to manage people, about how to capture moments, about technical aspects of things. It, he like in the last year, he's become one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Like just just a really underrated like super helpful super helpful person that's been around the block um so i'm gonna say him first and foremost i think his name i i feel so bad emory i think is his name you have to link it down below but um yeah he's he's up there um obviously if if i can't i can't imagine someone's listening to this if they're not following you but definitely got to give uh give billy the follow and then uh i'm actually gonna say there there are a few people like uh I think there's a bit of a new wave in in college athletics and some different things with like name, image, and likeness. Um, and so like there's a group of people who are kind of leading the charge in that aspect, like Blake Lawrence, who's the CEO of Open Doors. Um, I I I could like shout. They're content creators I love. Like some of my best friends are like Alex Farkas and Matt Turnquist and and Kiwi, who I worked with at, at BYU, and I'll obviously I'll shout those guys out, but but I love the industry folks. Like, I love the people who are who are progressing the industry forward, and so that was definitely more than three because I, I, uh, I threw those few in there at the end. Uh, but, but no, there's some great folks out there. For sure. I love it. I, I haven't heard of uh, the first person you mentioned, so I'll definitely have to check him out. Um, all right, last thing. Uh, after shouting those people out, your last thing is to plug yourself, your Instagram, your Twitter. And then after that, drop one last piece of advice for an aspiring creative that's listening right now, trying to get into the world of sports, um, whether they're in high school or they're in college or recently grad or maybe even recently laid off. Like, what's your one last thing that they you want them to hear um, before we sign off? But plug yourself first. 
Okay. Uh, if you search Tyson Hutchins pretty much anywhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, um, it'll come up. Unfortunately, it's ty- at Tyson Hutchins underscore on Twitter. I created a Twitter when I was in high school that's at Tyson Hutchins, and it's like locked out, and I can't get it. And so hopefully maybe some someday someone at uh, Twitter will uh, help me out and get that back for me. But uh, pretty much at Tyson Hutchins everywhere. If you search my name, it'll come up. Um and then uh, one one piece of advice, it's going to sound super cliche, but um, always make it a goal to create more than you consume. Um, there are so many people doing great work out there, and it, it's important and valuable to consume content, to see what other people are doing, to, to make sure that you're up on, on industry things or, or different things, but, but never let consuming stop you from creating. Um, if you find yourself in a mode where you're just consuming, 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 and you have all these ideas, but you never create, it's a bad place to be. So um, it's difficult at times with the, it's a lot easier to pick up your phone and scroll Instagram or Twitter than it is to pick up your camera and go and shoot something, but always try and create more than you consume. Create more. I love it. That is actually our motto at Let It Fly Media. <laughs> That's great. Create more. I, I like it. Yep. I like it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tyson, for hopping on with us. Uh, I think we answered um, a lot of good questions asked by the audience, and we gave back a ton of value and feedback. So hopefully that helps everybody else out there um, with their with their current situation. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for hopping on. Absolutely. You bet, Billy. Straight facts from the man himself, Tyson Hutchins. He says his number one advice to y'all is to create more. Create more than you're consuming. Create more than you're watching. Because that's the only way you're going to get better is to be creating and practicing and putting in reps. You're not a content consumer. You're a content creator. So put down the TikTok and pick up the camera talk. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Get The Shot podcast. This is episode three with Tyson Hutchins from Clemson University or the University of Clemson, one of those. Make sure to follow and subscribe and download and leave a review on the podcast page. Get the shot on Spotify and Apple. And I'll make sure to catch y'all on the next one. Deuces. Deuces.